Any opinions expressed are my own and do not reflect the opinions of anyone outside of Independent Left Media, LLC. AP Left, AP Left, news and politics and all the rest. So much to do on the YouTube, so they curate a list for you. Do you want to watch your favorite creator or have a chat on Discord later? Well, you better get hip to Indie Left. Indie Left. IndieLeft.news. Sorry, Ron, I cut you off there at the end. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? How you doing? Happy Sunday night. Uh, I don't want to say the big word, but there's uh, some kind of bowel something got completed and god that feels a whole lot better now that it's finished right Woo! okay that was terrible yeah hot mic thank you valerie for telling us that we had a hot mic uh that was kind of silly i I knew i knew valerie i knew thank you thank you i was looking at it okay uh well thank you welcome to everybody in chat i don't understand how restream saying we got 100 messages already because there's no way that happened but okay cool maybe that was last time uh welcome welcome Mm -hmm. hi valerie hi eric t red welcome to you hey to you reef and anybody else watching hi hi um holy moly what 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 a week um there was a lot of, well, yeah. we're starting a half hour late again, and that was because of a, the actual game that we thought was last week, but actually turns out to be this week. And we'll be back at 10 o'clock um, next week, but I am either going to have a new, a different co-host, uh, replace the, um, a substitute co-host. I was trying to find the word, not a replacement, because we can't replace Reef, but a substitute co-host to just do stories <clears throat> or uh, we're going to skip next week because Reef is uh, going to be working, I believe, on an event with Stabby Sabs. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see We'll see exactly yep. how that goes, but uh, Reef's going to be pitching in behind the scenes, and uh, so he's going to be unavailable to help us out. Sorry? Oh, just be booting some buppin- buttons for Sabby. Right. Yeah. Right, so... so... <laughs> That's what's happening this week. Next week, um, so I'll again. We're getting started a little later. I kind of want to get going because I got a ton of stuff to cover. But so welcome everybody to How Do We Miss That, which is a show airing on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, and Odyssey Sunday nights, ten o'clock normally Eastern, seven p.m. Pacific. We're reviewing a few big stories that we hadn't seen cover much in the leftist independent media space. Co-hosted by me, Indy. Co- uh, I'm the founder and editor of Independent Left News, Leftist.today Substack. And this guy over here on, on my side, Reef Breland. And uh, he's the creator of the Door Discord and the host of Reefer After Dark, which now you can actually search YouTube for Reefer After Dark and you'll actually find his channel, which is really cool. You'll be able to find it. <clears throat> nice. Um, all the stories were featured in our Substack, Leftist.today, and at the top of IndependentLeft.news, which is our once daily updated newsletter every day at noon. Um, of course, want to shout out all of our wonderful patrons and Kofi supporters. And one of them is right there in our chat, Eric T. Red. Thank you so much for all your support. You're awesome. Uh, love seeing you on Savvy Stream <clears throat> lately, and you're killing it over there. And 
I know recently she put in a list of demands for that you would want to give for like strikes, and I thought that was really cool. Um, also, thank you to the two Richards, uh, Richard M and the other Richard, who I don't want to say who, but Nikki, Radical Leftist Agenda, Les Bones, Noli D, Robin, glad to see you're back and, and starting to feel a little better. Noli, so sorry, you know, she had she had something, she had to get on a plane and fly to Florida this week and love you, support you, anything we can do there to help, let us know. Then, of course, thank you and shout out to the volunteers, Nicole and Darlene and Big Mad Crab, Greg, <clears throat> who uh, who had a, a, a nice nice little hat tip and, and did a video on his own. By the way, subscribe to the Mad Crab channel on YouTube. Yep. He's put up a couple of videos. Doing crab dance. Yeah, Reef is doing know. a crab dance, I did notice. But definitely yep. subscribe to the Mad Crab channel. Um, he put up a video yep. about, about Sam Cedar doing I Don't Care, the I Don't Care compilation, which is great, and he did that mm -hmm. editing. And then he recently just did uh, did one the other day about Joe Rogan and his Joe Rogan right wing that I actually included in today's uh, Independent Left News, uh, in, in the uh, Independent Left News and nice. Leftist.Today newsletter, which really, really good. <clears throat> Thank you to Alex Davidson for liking every Substack post. Uh, uh, go follow the the podcast version. You can find that on Spotify, or if you don't want to follow it on Spotify, you can go to Anchor.fm/IndependentLeftNews, and you can subscribe to on any other platform. We're on Google Playlist, uh, Google Podcasts. We're on Overcast. We're on a bunch of different ones. The only one we're not on is Apple, and there was a thing early on um, when we had submitted that it got rejected silly enough and it wasn't even really for this show at the time but um <clears throat> also did a new friends of indie left with uh afini last week and wanted everybody to have the link to go check that out if you haven't already uh it was a great interview it was originally supposed to be about 40 minutes 35 30 to 45 minutes we ended up going i think an hour and 15 minutes and i just adore that woman she's she's absolutely fantastic i could talk to her for days uh, after we hung up, we still ended up talking for about another 15 minutes and she's, she's just wonderful. And I, I, I thank her so much for that. Um, and then also we did, a uh, again, the, how do we miss that clips channel on the uh, on rumble? Uh, don't miss that. Mm. And of course there's a playlist on the YouTube channel for how do we miss that? And that has the full episodes as well as the clips. Um, so you can also right. find that on our, on our YouTube channel. Um, nice. Were you on any shows last week, Reef? I don't even remember if I was. I don't um, think I was. I did. I, you don't even remember. I did. Uh, I did a whole uh, show Friday yesterday, or not yesterday, day before yesterday, with with uh, Ricky Rants and um, Yeti and um. Who am I missing? Jesse. Jesse Jet. Jesse Jet. Oh my God, that was yeah. so funny. I caught the second half of that. That was really funny. Great. Mm -hmm. yep. Go check that out on my channel. I'll put the link in chat here in a second. Uh, yep. To the to the, the, the episode. It's just go been watch a, that. again. It's it's been a crazy week. A um, lot of lot of news happening. And again, what what we want to really cover are some of the stories that we have not seen anybody really talking about. Um, so gonna jump into sharing the main screen 
so you can see my screen and we'll look at what the Substack looks like right now. Why is that cut off? Oh, because the browser's cut off. Aha, scroll up. Mm -hmm. So this is leftist.today by Independent Left News, independentleftnews.substack.com. You can go to leftist.today, it'll get you there. Okay, this is the Substack that went out just a little while ago at 1030 for tonight's episode. If you click there, you can actually watch it live in the Substack. Also, the other links to find it on right. other platforms if you prefer there. Summary of some of the stories that we're going to be covering. Some of the ways that you can find and support Indie Left, as well as I want to give a shout out. Gosh, we we really don't talk about IndieNews.network nearly enough, but Indie News Network has been mm -hmm. everywhere. Our members have been everywhere. Um, and even when they're on, look, Angel Rivera and Chris Legion and and congrats and, uh, to, to Yeti, you know, the, the, the Yeti Jesus who was on Reef show earlier My dream. on the yep. other night, and he did his first episode of the Breadlines this week, and you know, ha happy for him, and excited to to see that get going. And so, again, all the different places you can find us, including the link to the How Do We Miss That Clips channel. This was the Substack that we published earlier today. This actually had one of the clips from last week in there where we talked uh, about a couple stories from pandemic profiteering from Jake Johnson. And then Richard Medhurst, and we've got, this is the big Mad Crab. So if you go right to leftist.today, you'll be able to find that Mad Crabs video on Joe Rogan, which is a great cut. Right. Got Jimmy and Real Progressives. And Eric Kessner is actually doing a coast-to-coast -coast Medicare for All journey. I wanted to shout that out. Eric is with the Yellow Vest. This was just a 51-second video, right. real short. My name is Eric Kessner. Please follow my journey cross-country. Uh, we're going to be driving from Seattle to Washington, D.C., and um, uh, we have to jumpstart this move, this movement into reality. And uh, I think that we can do it. I think this is it's great stuff. So we support Eric 100%. Go check that out. Danny Haifong did a stream. J.B. Font was watching the second, second Thought, and we've got some articles there as well. Normally we add some tweets, but it was kind of a pain in the butt to do that today. So... Just have the links in there for some of the stories that you want to look look at. Or you can go find those stories with thumbnails and summaries at independentleft.news. And there's a link to that here on the on the leftist on today. So you can get there from there. Uh, Fiorella, by the way, shout out to Fiorella mm. for this article that she wrote. And I did not include this in tonight. And we'll probably put this in next week because I just missed this. <clears throat> but she's talking about T-Mobile employees who are speaking out against vaccine mandates okay who are uh -huh. and they're going to be planning to fire hundreds of work hundreds of unvaccinated workers so she spoke yep. to some of the, some of the people and uh and, and got their first-hand sentiment so shout out to Fiorella for that okay we've got Lauren Elizabeth and again this is just today this is updated once a day actually if you went to independentleft.news you'd be able to find and watch the friends of indie left with afini you can see it's embedded and you can click right there to watch it on youtube and be able to leave a comment and like it give it a thumbs up we appreciate if you do that for sure by the way give this stream a thumbs up if you haven't already yet all right uh so again I'm daily sure. poster okay. popular resistance this was shared by margaret margaret kimberly talking about the crisis in ukraine i don't know what's going on i don't know the tweets aren't popping up Common Dreams, Casa Shoe News, Caitlin Johnstone, all the publications and all the people that you know and love and, and, and read 
all in one central place. That was the whole reason why why I created this thing in the first place. You could check out who's in our Discord right, right now. Here's the last episode of How Did We Miss That? We've got that embedded. I update that every week. <clears throat> and it keeps going and going and going. You see, there's 38 more stories. It just keeps going and going and going. It's incredible. And there's yesterday's Substack that I published, and, and it picked up in the bot. The Corbett Report. Highly recommend checking out the Corbett Report. So that's getting picked up in the algorithm and talking about Roger Stone and hmm, Johnny Vedmore saying it's it's important to maybe stop buying from the companies that partner with the World Economic Forum. So learn who they are. Really uh, interesting uh -huh. stuff to, you know, a, as you scroll down a little further. Also, Stephen Donziger, free Steve Donziger. He went back. He was he was put back in a halfway house after being home uh, and, and then being free, yeah. having the ankle bracelet taken off. What a shame. Um, also wanted mm -hmm. to show you guys what the <clears throat> clips channel on on the um, rum on Rumble looks like. This is a really cool. Again, there is a lot of right wing content on Rumble, but hey, how are we going to balance it out? So I put daily updates mm -hmm. on Rumble, and it gets a few views every day, and I'm happy that it gets a few views every day. You can see these just published today. And every single one of them has right. at least one view already. And I shared a couple of them out nice. to Twitter. Be, you know, please do us a favor and share that out to Donziger's current status right now is that he's in a halfway house and they're trying to get him home. And they're trying mm -hmm. to get him out on, it's not even house arrest, but you know, without, with the ankle bracelet, but, um, but they yanked him back to, to prison, I believe. Um, or to, to this halfway house. Uh, we've got to watch the update on, on what happened there. I know Katie Halper was live earlier, and she did something about that about 8, 9 o'clock. Nice. Was that you putting that up there? Yeah, yeah I figured I'd, for both, I figured that's I'd a, make sure I have Twidget running too. That's that's a good idea. Maybe you should take, take control of that, because I... Mm -hmm. Don't even see it. Wish I could. Hey, there we go. I was looking for Eric's statement. Oh. There you go. Nice. So yeah, what's Donziger's current status is that we are not a hundred percent sure, but we know that he has been pulled back from having whatever freedom he had or or wherever he was to be putting in to be put into a halfway house. And I don't know what that means exactly. Yeah. Um. But um. So yes. Trans Marxist, it absolutely uh, can't lo love Caitlin Johnstone. So these are some of the clips. Love to have from... her on the show. Sorry, would you? I'd love to have her on the show. Oh, you know. Yeah, I can't even remember the last time I heard anybody do an interview with her. She's she's actually said that she just doesn't do them, and she's kind of a recluse. And uh, I appreciate her work, and I just appreciate reading it and listening to it, whatever she does. I remember the last time I was on with Misty, she played a spoken word that she had actually written a poem and posted on YouTube, and it was like five and a half minutes long. It was just amazing. Um, we should get her husband to do the interview. Right? <laughs> you know? Get her to write it, and then just have him narrate it? Mm -hmm. That would be freaking sick. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be absolute fire. All right, so I'm going to change... Yep. To go to the first story here. Oh, God, you're going to hate me. I'm so sorry. But we have to cover this. Because I haven't seen it covered enough anywhere. Yep. Amir Locke. 
Well, this is like all the what the all the gun nuts should be covering, right? Like this guy. It's it's shameful. I mean, this happened on February second. SWAT officer from the Minneapolis Police Department killed Amir Locke after busting into a downtown Minneapolis apartment at 7 a.m. And I believe they said within 30 seconds or so. <clears throat> I'm sorry, within nine seconds. Adam mm -hmm. had executed Amir Locke, showing him three, three times. Right. Locke, who was sleeping on the couch when the cops burst in, wasn't even who they were looking for. He wasn't named on the warrant and wasn't a suspect in the case. Yep. And this has, of course, naturally set off a firestorm. So he had been armed, as if that somehow justifies them shooting him because he... Right. Right. He could yep. not have reacted... Okay, a narrative contradicted by the cops' own body cam video, and I'm gonna show right. you what we what what we what we've seen and what's been released. It's fucking mm -hmm. horrible. Um, um, shows him lying on the couch uh, under the covers on the couch, being awakened by the cops storming in, and then being killed all within nine seconds. Um. Awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, not a lot of no-knock warrants in white neighborhoods is um, an excellent point made by one of our amazing chatters. But the latest moratorium announcement from Jacob Fry came only after police in neighboring St. Paul revealed after Locke was killed that it had asked for a standard search warrant, but that MPD had insisted on a no-knock no, no operation, revealing that they were likely violating their own policies. Of course. Mm. Reminiscent of Breonna Taylor, Kentucky has only enacted a partial ban in, in a sense. I mean, it's... This is actually a really good piece <clears throat> by Les, Left Voice, and I want to shout out to Adnan Ahmed, who has also been killing it lately. And I, I hate to use that word in this case, but his stories have just absolutely been on point. And, and I have to give a shout out to him. But um, um, his coverage of this is is really spot on. Um, you know, Locke was murdered. His federal trial is wrapping up for for Derek, for uh, uh, the Floyd. George Floyd co-conspirators or whatever you want to call them, you know, charged with mm -hmm. violating its constitutional rights. Again, this is, this is a really hard story. And again, Kim Potter killing Dante Wright and, and guilty verdicts have, have, have come back. Yes. And the race of the cop and the victim were not lost on Minnesotans who began to demand greater police accountability, of course, in 2019, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, they did. So, again, this is this is the movement against killer cops has grown as it has grown. There have been a, there's been a concerted effort by the ruling class to co-opt it. And when that's unsuccessful, to repress the movement violently. Repression of the George Floyd uprising and the subsequent co-optation 
efforts by Democratic Party-friendly nonprofits, all aimed at watering down police abolition movements, is evidence of this. <clears throat> Locke's murderer must be charged and convicted, but we cannot depend on the racist, quote-unquote, justice system to put an end to the irreformable racist institution of policing and the capitalist system it protects. For that, we must continue. Yeah, the whole system. So... Uh, I I have to give a huge shout out here to Unicorn Riot. Okay. And if you go to unicornriot.ninja and and it's a category Mm -hmm. slash police, and I'm going to drop this in the restream chat myself. And that's going to be across all the platforms. Sorry. You need to pump your audio to me, FYI. Desktop audio too. You can turn on. How about that? Thank you. You're welcome. Yep. Okay, so category police, unicorn riot. <clears throat> this is a, yeah, you know, all of the articles that we're going to read, you can actually find listed right here. Wow, that was a bunch of Discord alerts. That was a Discord page. Yes, it was. How did, how did that happen? How did, how did I miss that? I, am I, I, I guess know. I'm not in stream remote. Uh, how yep. did I miss that? How did we miss that? Good name for a show. Not in stream mode. Might have been mine, but I don't think my audio is... It was me. So, category police, unicorn riot. Sorry to everybody. First is February 3rd, the morning after it happens, they're all over the case. And these guys, I'm going to show you a series of a half dozen articles that were written by Nico and the team over at Unicorn Riot, they have been on the ground. There have been protests. There has been a, you know, some call for justice for Amir Locke, naturally and justifiably so. Um, of course. So they're looking at where, where it happened, and they describe exactly what happened. Okay, and here's the information that came out that, Amir was a licensed gun owner, had a concealed carry permit. Yep. That the permit. Minneapolis police were searching for three suspects to execute search warrant, and he was not a named suspect yep. on the warrant. They weren't even looking for him when they busted in. He didn't live there. He was sleeping on the couch in a family member's apartment when they busted in. And he yep. his family believes he was startled when they busted in and was trying to protect himself. So and they need to release the body cam footage. So that was what happened initially. Again, these guys always bring the goods. Look at all the links that they have to the actual documents or to, and you can see these are to uploads, two gunshot wounds to the chest and one to the wrist. And if you click there, this is the actual report. I mean, these guys, they they do the the work. So this, this poor, uh, and again, I mean, they've been doing great work in Minneapolis for a minute now. And not just in Minneapolis, but they've been moving all around. Okay, again, here's another one in in, in Austin. uh, 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 Someone, uh, Christopher Fiafonu, boy, uh, sorry if I butchered his name. I I apologize for that. But he was also killed by by an Austin cop. That was on December 23rd. So this is marking the third time 
what, what it was saying is uh, three victims in 66 days by Minnesota police. Ridiculous. So that's that's the first article. Then you have the body cam footage released. So you have police officer Mark Hanneman yelling, uh, you know, uh, and it shows them entering unannounced with a key, then yelling police search warrant while walking down a hallway, kicking a couch that Locke was sleeping on. Within two seconds, he rolled over, grabbed a gun, although never putting his finger on the trigger, and was killed by three bullets. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's similar to the Breonna Taylor case, right? Where it's, you know, there's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, dude, I've lived in the South forever. The first thing they're going to tell you is that I have my gun for when someone walks into my house unannounced. Like, you know, like. It says the video as edited has slowed down, has two slowed down sequences and a seemingly 100% speed replay. However, the last replay cuts out more quickly than the first two. Um, I don't know if I have permission to send this, but when the mayor was asked why this happened, he said, I do not know. And then you've got your interim police chief that really did not instill very much confidence in very much of anything because they didn't know much of anything. And it's no bueno. And then here is the body cam footage of him sleeping on the couch. Yep. Yeah, I I don't. I I, I already watched that. I I don't. I don't want to show that. But and again, and if anyone who wants to see it and and need you know has the need to see it for any reason, you know, it's here in. Unicorn riot, and then they want us to believe the person on the left was a dangerous threat. Person on the right, I, I, yeah. I, I don't really necessarily subscribe to that. But anyway, I mean, it's, that's a whole other this, story. This me, but this is this is just disgraceful. And yes, everyone in leadership oh, needs yeah. to be fired. So here we go. So. Turns out this guy gave illicit drugs to protest. So now Dan Fight and Nico are starting to look into, well, who is Mark Hanneman and what's his deal? Oh, right. Like, oh, yeah. okay. So it turns out he's like a crooked cop, a dirty cop. Like, okay. Yeah. So he was the only officer to fire. According to his file, he's gone through dozens of use of force training, SWAT trainings, and weapons training courses. Okay, so physiological effects, DRE theory, drug recognition expert. He took part in the statewide training program run by the Minnesota State State Patrol. And then within the program, officers gave illicit drugs to people to evaluate their reaction. Wow. Yep. It was exposed and became a scandal, which led to state authorities to relocate the training to California. Okay, well, that's interesting. And if I, so, so they're, they're saying that they can, they just know when you're using. 
pretty much that they pretty much they have can a, tell. yeah <clears throat> so but yeah. even still that's not why you shoot somebody yes I mean, of course. I mean, the fact that they get a fucking ticket to, like, have, you know, they, they get a little diploma that says that they just, you know, can, like, fucking force read someone's brain and, you know, like, what? So, anyway. the officers would approach them and ask them if they wanted to get high without being arrested. If the person obliged, the officers would provide drugs and sometimes also a fast food meal. Well, honestly, that's not so awful. Yeah, that doesn't sound bad. After getting them high and evaluating them, though, he would drive them back downtown and frequently drop them off at the Occupy Wall Street protest at PV Plaza. Okay. Wait. Yeah. What? That. But. Huh? Oh. What is that? That's a weird yeah. thing, though. So, like, he was getting people... Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's a weird part of the story. So, then you have yeah. SWAT officers involved in law killing have a violent and checkered past, okay? So now, you again, right. wh why are you saying officers? Because Mark Hanneman was still the only one that was involved in the shooting, right? Um, yeah. <clears throat> and then two officers were involved in beating Julio Stalt. Okay, they're tying these things together. Amir Locke was okay. Was a registered gun owner. Body cam footage showing the killing was released. <clears throat> Showed SWAT yeah. entering. Right, officers besides Hanneman who entered the apartment. I don't want to again. Here's their names. There, you can see that in the incident report and on the website. <clears throat> There's a story about how he gave the illicit drugs to protesters. And then a little bit about the other guys that were in the SWAT team with him. And apparently yeah. Unicorn Riot seems to think that this has significance to the case. Hmm. Jesus. Okay, and then there's this guy who was filmed violently slamming an advocate for the houseless to the ground at George Floyd Square. Yep. Okay, on-site public media included their interview, which included, I remember that JoJo recounts the experience. Yep. I remember that. Yep, me too. That was like, yeah, during the whole force the vote argument before the protest, but yeah. Um, 10 complaints filed against him with one complaint still open and all the others closed with no discipline. That's Officer Kyle Mater. Again, just looking into the background of some of these other people, and this is what happened. The 911 call, who took the call, all the actual reports themselves. Unicorn Riot does, a, again, an incredible job of getting the details. So here's where... They're getting even even further into the case, and it's the next day. It's okay. So now, how did they get to the no-knock warrant? And as it turns out, right. it came from Hennepin County Judge Peter Cahill, who also presided over George Floyd's over the Floyd trial. Hmm. Wow, that's yeah. pretty weird. 
which amounted to a death sentence for Amir Locke. Although, again, did the cops know that guy was going to be on the other side of the door, sleeping on the couch with a gun in his hand? Right. I mean, they, they never they never Probably know not. what's going to happen when it's a Locke. Yeah, I mean, it's... Well, that, that's just it, right. You can't know. Right, and after reviewing it, activists say it reveals a why did they why, why did they feel the need to do this with the with the no knock type of thing, okay? For a guy right. again that's not even named in the warrant, and they're going to go over. So here's protests down, right. and there was here is the full unicorn right stream for an hour and forty three minutes, and this was on February fifth, and you could see that it brought out the community, big time, um, yeah, rightfully so. I mean they. This guy's sleeping on the couch. They bust it in. He doesn't know what the, who that is, what's going on. He reaches for his piece, doesn't touch the doesn't touch the trigger, and next thing you know, he's shot three times. Yeah. And and that's I mean, yeah, I mean, that's literally like execution stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, well, like it's, it's, it's also what? Yeah. I mean, ex execute. I wouldn't say it's execution style per se. We're being fucking semantic on this, which we don't need to, but. Um, I mean, it's it's just the fact of like, look, uh, that's it's almost like when 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 people do think that guns are there to protect your house, they train to do that. Like, you know, they 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 train to have this instinct to okay, guns on the bedside table. Like, where did I leave? You know, it's it's that's that's a thought process in people's heads, right? So for Amir Locke, this is instinctual to to a point. Right, where uh, you know three crazy men get to just run into his, you know, the place he is like living in essentially, and you know he does what he would think is supposed to do. He's not even his his prefrontal cortex hasn't even clued in. These are cops yet. Oh no, no, you know right? that he knows his cops because they they banged right. on the, the you know they they had a key somehow they yeah, had the they had a key. If you're asleep and stuff, and they just write, they, they they bang on the door, say it's the cops, and let them say you might not even heard that shit mm -hmm. until they came in. I know like, I would you know, have. Uh, right? Like, you know, and this is uh, and and as far as the cops are concerned, you know, they see someone reaching for a gun, and and you know, like it's it's like the the whole fucking thing is is it, it literally to me is the system is the problem here. It's the fact that we've allowed a no knock warrant without proper surveillance, without like. You know, and and that's what murdered this kid. You know, like uh, as well as the person pulling the trigger, because uh, for one, the fact that you're going into a house over what was the original, um, warrant about, right? It's about um, it, I don't it, remember what the warrant's about. Right. What is the warrant about? Where they where they went after the three the three guys that where he wasn't even one of them. Right. So were they in the house? Okay, here. They falsely claimed. Oh, here's the here's the first thing, is that they besmirched this kid, and referred to him as a suspect four times suspect. in their initial press release. Okay, right. And, and they never, as far as I know, clarified that. Um, right. I'm looking for killing their below. Yeah, I mean it's. Sorry. Story I'm trying to look for. Not an award. Okay. Uh, it requested a standard warrant in, in into the homicide investigation. It was conducted not a no-knock warrant. They requested MPD, right. and it was them who insisted on the no-knock warrant. Right. 
Yeah, because they don't want to have to knock. Mm -hmm. You know? So, I mean, yeah. Because they think it's that there'll like, be shots coming through the door if they knock. That's, right. That, that's what they're saying. Again, here's Adnan Ahmed. Okay. Who actually had written that, that piece that was picked up, I believe, here in Left, Left Voice. Look at that. I mean, I mean, they're definitely not going to get reprimanded for this, is, is, is the issue. No, you know, no one involved. Recently compared like, Locke's killing to the murder of Breonna Taylor, which sparked international outrage and cries to ban deadly practices. So, yes. Yeah. Nailing it. Okay. Uh, again, there's the Jacob Fry stuff where he, ban, you know, led the fight to ban no-knock warrants, even though MPD has sought 90 of them. This is an excellent thread here. By Robin Garwood. Well, it's not like a knock warrant is 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 that much better either. Like the no. uh, you know they knock and then they throw a tear gas grenade through your window. No, like you know, like that they blow the door off. Like that's they knocked. Hmm. Like Again, you know, you like there's not much. Oh, go ahead. So then you've got your February eighth protest coverage about it right which is massive okay student like led walk out of schools itself. national solidarity rally which which happened and this was um wednesday on the 8th right almost sure this is the 8th yeah again nico nico georgiatis kudos to you sir um Give you a lot of credit for the org that you built and the way that you cover stuff and yeah, dude. it's thank you. I've been watching for a minute. So. Again, without without coverage like this, we wouldn't know about this, and that's why we share it and we we're happy to amplify excellent coverage. Again, again, here's here's the link to the body cam footage and the the community safety work group. Yeah. And then that mayoral candidate who quit the job just after just two meetings because of the private nature of this community safety work group, that they're not really interested in fixing the problems, but it's more a political entity. Okay, then right. you've got more just more more move for justice news, and you've got a vigil and family community press conferences. Again, amazing coverage to collate and, and and give you a complete picture of what's going on here. Messages in remembrance and justice from your painter on I-94. Street art. Yep. All over the place. Look at this. And then... Where's the one from the 11th? When I went to the um, first one here. Is this, yeah, here. Hundreds marched to the building where police killed Amir Locke as well. And here's another rally. Yeah. And this was on the 11th. This They were live for the rally on March 8th. Again, look at, look at. Yeah, that's the number of people. Of people. Families who've lost loved ones to police killings were in attendance. 
BLM Minnesota is not not associated with the national BLM. Yeah, their local chapter. It's heartbreaking stuff. Just murdered while sleeping. Yeah, sleeping while black is. And how the hell did this happen again, again, and keeps happening and keeps happening. Yep. Again, I, I didn't really see too many people talking about this story and I thought it was really important because again, it, it, it happens too often and I don't want it yep. to be swept <laughs> under the rug. You know, these, these people's lives, of course, are so uh, matter and it's uh, shit's got to stop. It's got to stop. Yep. You got to figure out how to make it stop. Yep. Um, yep. I completely agree. All right. That was, that was tough. Okay. So thank you, Ed. Ivan Reitman, RIP to Ivan Reitman. Apparently 75 is he was only 75. I, it seems like yep. he would be older than that at this point, but Okay, well, that's still too bad because he's definitely legendary. But um, so just to look at the chat and see who else is here, welcome to whoever else is. Trans Marxist E. Heller, welcome. How are you, Eric? What's up? So, yeah, maybe some kind of BS training for cops to identify when people are high. Yeah, that whole DNVT, whatever, and was there a drug bus where undercover cops got arrested buying drugs from dealers who were undercover cops? No, I don't remember that, but it's probably in Baltimore because that's like some of the dirtiest yeah. cops. Yeah, the first Ghostbusters yeah. was amazing. Hashtag justice for Amir Locke. Thank you, and and, and Capel65. Absolutely. Uh, no knock equals cops playing soldiers. Yep, I think we have that. And then we should demand that everybody absolutely should be fired and there should be accountable. Um just awful, <laughs> awful, awful stuff. Um, again, yeah. I mean, had to. It just stuff that you like. You you look at that and you're like, yeah. How how could you have fixed that? You know, like. Well, first thing you stop them from yeah. getting in there with a no knock. You know, like uh, I, I just and not doing it at like six o'clock in the morning either, but. Uh, that's I'm sure they have their tactics and their reasons and there's 18, 1800 things that I don't know because I'm just commenting from a, from New Jersey and I at least know that so all right so next workers are starting to wage battles at Amazon warehouses for unionization and we saw Bessemer we saw Staten Island 8 and I'm sure Tatiana and Molly are a formidable writing team. They wrote this last um, Sunday, and we did not, again, I curate the show all week, so by Saturday night, the show's pretty much set up, and I saw this, and I'm like, oh, man, we need we need to put this in and talk about this, <clears throat> because three unions are, the three warehouses are fighting to unionize, Okay, two in Staten Island, one in Bessemer, which again we know about. So this this is again left voice. Shout out to Left Voice for doing some great work this week. 
and over the last couple of years since I've been paying attention to them. And thank you to Lee Camp for turning me on to Left Voice in the first place. I distinctly remember him sharing an article going, wow, I've never heard of these guys. And the more I, I see, you know, I, I agree with quite a bit of, of what they they publish, and I really appreciate their coverage. And we've got a crack writing team. And again, I, I encourage everybody to... Uh, to subscribe to email alerts and to, to them on Twitter, on Instagram, to share their articles, follow them. They're, they're even on YouTube. I don't really see much of their videos in my feed. Maybe I'm not subscribed to them yet. Take a look at that. But Amazon, Bessemer, over 6,100 workers got a ballot yesterday for a mail-in election with a March 25th deadline. So last year... There was an the effort failed, but there was a massive union busting campaign by corporate themselves. And again, Left Voice did an amazing job. They had people on on the ground for a month, I believe, in Bessemer before the the vote happened. Um, right, documenting some of the tactics that were used by Amazon corporate, like <clears throat> forcing the workers to attend mandatory anti union lectures. They pressured the city into changing the timing of the traffic light in order to disrupt organizing efforts. I remember that. The organizers were trying to catch the people at the traffic light after they left work and talk to them about the union. And so they got Amazon, uh, Amazon got the city to change the timing of the light so that they couldn't stand out there and have that conversation. <clears throat> Strong on right. the, the postal service, right? They mail, they moved the mail, they installed the mailbox that was explicitly barred in the branded Amazon branded ballot collecting tent, which is illegal. Mm. And the yeah. NLRB determined that because of that, they ordered a new union vote, which is why we're seeing this. It's a year later. They literally delayed this for a year. They made it a whole big a whole lot bigger spectacle. You know, again, we and that only got, I believe, sixteen or eighteen percent support. Uh, again, we're hoping that it's gonna gonna pass and it will get more support would it have even had that much support at all if they had drawn this much attention i don't know yeah how does the um how does the mailbox fuck with stuff i mean i know it's been so the deal is, like, is that the box so is you know it's it's a it's a company branded tent apparently there was some kind of a right. monitor on who went in there first of all um and yeah. then, you know, based upon that, I'm sure they could look at the ballots and try to back into figuring out who submitted mm. ballots for unionization. Right. So, again, you've got JFK 8, which was, again, attempted to unionize but withdrew only to refile in December. And again, you've got Chris Smalls. He's one of the leaders who was fired from protesting Amazon's lack of safety measures. Shout out to Chris Smalls, friend of the show. Follow him on Instagram and follow him on Twitter at Shutdown Amazon. Mm. Amazon is the country's Good second name. largest private employer after Walmart and is notorious for horrendous working conditions. Again, talking about some of the extremely hot warehouses without ventilation, talking about how yep. it's so taxing on the body the the brakes how you're literally measured down to the second 
multiple workers have died on the job at Amazon warehouses. Of course, we know about the six that died in the Kentucky warehouse um, that, that, and two died at Bessemer. So we talked, we, we covered that. One suffered a stroke after being told by management that he couldn't leave. And hours later, that worker died. I, I believe we even covered that. Then you had Pashan Brown, who was the, the person that was died. And they don't even know if she died of COVID, but she was testing people with COVID of for COVID. I mean, it's beyond crazy. Um, yeah. So a couple of people that worked directly with him were badly shaken up, wanted to go home. We're not allowed to right here. That, so again, strike Tober. They're, re they're referencing when we had Kellogg's and John Deere and a lot of these strikes that have since been settled, a lot of them, they didn't get what they had hoped for. And a lot of the things had not quite panned out the right way, but were touted in the mainstream press or even in the labor press as wins because they got minor concessions where the company just said, look, we're not going to fire the employees. That was the concession that were striking, which I right. didn't think was much of a concession. But certainly no. getting those people their jobs back would, would help. I mean, that's the reason why they, they were striking in the first place. But again, you've got dozens of yeah. Starbucks stores that are now filing to unionize, and we call, we've we been covering the great resignation and how I think it's 10% of the entire workforce in the last two years since the pandemic started has quit their job, if not more, or has changed jobs. Right. Or has lost a job. Yep. I think that might even be higher. But again, you've got the disconnect among the working class is also expressing itself in more direct ways through mobilization and action, which is excellent. Okay. Again, we support direct worker action in all cases. Amazon warehouses in Chicago walked off the job, and they they were demanding wage increases. And the success at Amazon may unleash a wave of unionization filings, which we're hoping to to get. So again, as long as these unions are not co-opted, and that is one of the keys, is that you don't want union leadership to end up turning into its own corporate structure that then has to manage the relationship itself and gatekeep for the employees themselves. Okay, here you've got Daquan Smith, who was illegally fired for trying to unionize, which, again, they've been pretty well-known union busters. And shout-out to Jordan Chariton. I know that he had um, sent me a, a link for a meeting that they filmed where they were not letting uh, union leaders out of a meeting um, where they were talking anti-union right. type of stuff. Um yeah, I don't remember exactly how that story went. I can I can post a link to that. But here, as far as first Bessemer Amazon unionization drive showed, to win a union is not enough to rely on Democratic Party politicians and celebrity endorsements. Right? Okay. RWDSU mm -hmm. has been was criticized from their own pages and Jane McAlevey and saying that they had no structure, they had no grassroots movement. Because I asked Jane McLeaving, I asked her on Katie Halper's show specifically about that because I was mod and right. I got the chance to ask that because I'm also a patron of hers. But uh, again, great article by Tatiana and Molly. 
Tatiana is definitely a member of the All-Star team, and Molly is seems to be helping out with some of the background research. I don't know how much one's writing or the other, but there's actually another article. I don't know if it was yesterday or if we're going to cover it tonight, but there's another article that they just recently did as well that I thought was fantastic. So shout out to Tatiana, to Molly, to Left Voice. And uh, that, again, like I said, check out Left Voice. If you're not subscribed to them already, they're they're one of the better publications that I, I prefer to check out. And again, none of them are perfect. All of them have takes that, we, that we're going to disagree with, but this is one of the better ones out there. I, I support them 100%. So the, um, now, what's up, man? I talked to guys normally in chat, uh, Oz Whistles. Yes. Right? Dude's over Ireland, UK. Mm -hmm. Right. He, he was talking about the, 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 you know, their, their guild situations, right. Which are like similar to, you know, unions in a way, but much more like hard lined into the politics of like the area. Right. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, yeah, the builders guild has been around for like centuries you know oh, yeah the trade it's unions. like they've weeded out a lot of like right it's now like ingrained and it's to the point where like yeah they have stuff like apprenticeships and stuff like that that are like royally declared you know like that kind of stuff like there's uh you know like the the queen's farrier or whatever needs a replacement so they teach a bunch of farriers like they have whole schools to teach them you yeah. know like yeah like apprenticeships but, and like the whole right. i mean come on that's that's where all that stuff kind of yep came from that comes from like yeah um so, so this is you know this is actually like part of a labor theme so i'm gonna flip to the next one because this kind of goes along with it and again we heard a lot about trucker strikes, but what we did not hear a lot of was trainer strikes or train train conductor and train workers and Burlington Northern Santa Fe workers. And I saw somebody, and it might even be our friend Ed in chat, who said that he saw a huge missed opportunity in the fact that you had a movement, a labor movement happening up north, um, call it whatever you want, people want to say it's good. There were laborers and people that were there that could have aligned with the train workers who wanted to strike, but were stopped by injunction. I believe that was a story that we covered last week, but um, this new high vis policy, right? Which management unilaterally imposed is they're on call 24-7, leaving them unable to plan out their personal schedules. Yeah. All right. I took a couple yeah, days off this, this week. I'm burned. I've burned up five out of 30 points. It will take me a month and a half to earn those two days off. That's ridiculous. All right. If they use all 30 points, they're subject to discipline up to and including dismissal. Jesus. In order to two, in order to earn two points back, you'd have to be on call fourteen days, twenty four seven, to get two days. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, the erratic character of the scheduling is worse than it was before Hive's. Right? So the new policy also lays the groundwork to fire experienced higher seniority workers on attendance grounds or pressure them into resigning. They're trying to manage people out to save again? money. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So 50 family members of BNSF workers protested in Needles. Similar protests have taken place in Fort Worth. Yeah, morale's down. The impression is, at least, again, this is from one one worker. Right. That they feel neglected, unheard. No one in the terminals quit, but a lot of people are starting to talk, look for other opportunities. There are rumblings, and that's kind of how it usually starts in a workplace, is you get these rumblings, and everything is happy, and everything is running along, and then you have something like what just happened, and you're definitely going to have people that are going to look, look, they, they're, they're looking to other lines of work. Again, no one in the terminals quit mostly because they don't want you know, they're, they're going to be in that industry and anybody inside that industry, I think there might be a stigma. And if they want to continue doing their job, they're, they're going to have to pretty much stay part of that union. As far as I know, I don't know if there's any privatized because again, BNSF is the most restrictive any tier one railroad part of joining their brothers on that list. All right. Uh, there's a reason three of the top five worst companies to work for rated by Forbes were tier one railroads. And they're owned by um, Berkshire Hathaway, I know. Right. Yeah, many of my coworkers are looking for other jobs. There are several jobs that would pay similar to what they'd make on their trip rate without having to be away from their home and families. Sit in a hotel room for days yeah. and not being paid because they're not on a trip. Total corruption in the union. Where have we heard that before? Yeah, as always. They're uh, just last from week, the in rank fact. and file. Yep. Yep. As always, I, I, dude, I got into the worst arguments with my one of my old friends who was a union rep, right? Like for for an entire factory, he was he was the guy, right? And most of the time, he was super liberal about like in, in the way you'd want him to be, but right, got RussiaGate hella wrong, got you know, and it was just like the it was just Jesus Christ, bro. You know, it's like it's so out of touch with that, you know. But That's anyway, weird. I mean, it's, it's similar to like politics. Rep. The moment you start, yeah, the moment the moment you start like getting into like like you know he was he was uh elected union, you, you know. It's like once you get into that like where you're where you're managing people's money and livelihood and whatever, you know, you you, you start to get like disconnected, you know. Yeah, and again, so, here's how they're short-staffing the trains. Crews are often on a on a train for 12 hours in a hotel for 24, and then on a train for 12, and so on. Um, yeah. If, and the customer pays for it. Six trains went, wait for the one big train to get out of the way sometimes. The infrastructure isn't there for these long trains. Where's this money going? All this money that's going, again, and, and it's, 
it's losing money every year. We we're hemorrhaging. Right. Yeah. So this is Tom Hall, Socialist Equality Party, World Socialist website. I think he actually ran for governor of California, if I remember correctly. And uh, and I've actually yeah. been digging a lot of his writing. So shout out to Tom yeah. Hall. Thank you for covering this. What, what did what did High Viz stand for again? Um, it's that twenty four hour on call thing with mm. the point system. Gotcha. Right. So, uh, this makes me think of yellow. Yeah, points you know? and the dismissal, and then earning points back. And okay, yeah, it's worse than it was before. Hive is, it's it's an erratic character yep. of the scheduling itself. So again, that's where they're talking about that twelve on, twenty four off, twelve on type of thing. Right, where it's hard to be able to, but you're always on call. Yeah, you're on a train for twelve hours in a hotel for twenty four, and then a train. I mean. <clears throat> Are they being paid for all those hours that they're not on a train? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't. I, again, mm. I don't. I don't know how that works. I'm guessing that they have to be paid. You know, the hotels have to be paid for, and the meals and everything else. But <clears throat> all right. Again, the the railroad shareholders are basically the puppet masters controlling everything around my job site. When are we going to invest in infrastructure yeah. again? Said it's all about quarterly profits. So, I agree with a lot of what 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 this guy writes and what he says here. So, next, yep. do okay, Eric, MSNBC lefties. That's usually who they are, but a union leader, an elected union leader. I mean, that's kind of surprising. Yep. Like I said. <clears throat> uh okay. yeah i mean it wouldn't be it wouldn't be everything it would just be sometimes something would catch him and he wouldn't you know wouldn't be able to get it be listening to too much npr or whatever yeah that yeah. work that work shift stuff like, like like eric said here i'll put that up it's the work shift version of on-demand stocking yes um and and yep. it's and it's also what they were doing with the the factory workers i believe at nabisco where they were putting them on like 84 hour work weeks and seven over seven days. I mean, let's go all the way back to one of those first, was that the Carnegie massacre? Right. That was the one where it's the uh, Carnegie steel works, right. Mm -hmm. Where they had been making them work crazy hours and a guy fucking died because, you know, he like fell asleep, like uh, on a, like into a fucking forge or something. Right. Right. Like into an anvil. Right. And like people, like that was literally where like uh, uh, strikers got killed. That was one of the classic, like, you know, yeah, fucked up union stories. Hey, um, you know, Eric, you were saying something last time about audio levels. Are they better this week? We tried to work on that so that I turned me down and reef up a little bit. So hopefully that's a little bit better for it for everybody this week, and it's more normal. Um, all right, so. And I also wanted to, to call attention. Happy Valentine's Day, since it's about to be in about 20 minutes. Shout out to my wife. Thank you for allowing me to do all of this and have a crazy uh, lifestyle and 
cover news and stories and spend all this time with everybody else and hold down the fort and be amazing. Uh, and uh, so I changed yep. up the, the logo and I took out some of the red because I thought it was a little overwhelming. So we did that. Um, haven't noticed or thought about the auto. That's good. Awesome. Out. Excellent. So I couldn't figure out if the sponge was on my screen or my camera lens. It was my camera lens. Ah, uh, you know, uh, yeah. that's really funny. All right, uh, <laughs> we're gonna stay in labor for a little bit longer. Labor. This is another one from Left Voice. Hey, what do you know? Left Voice killing it this week, knocking it out. So Mike Pappas from Left Voice, who says bosses are not on your team, and they proved it during the pandemic. Again, Captain Obvious type of stuff. Yep. Can't be stated enough, yeah. but when people are looking for like, show me an article that shows me some evidence and shows me some numbers and so and and shows me some some backing. Um, are they issuing an apology for how they handled it? Right? Are they promising to do better? Also trying to save face after they lost workers' trust. Well, when someone shows you their true colors, believe them. Right? That's my Angelou. No one showed their true colors more than bosses clearly during the pandemic. Again, this is, uh, I think the picture is via the Atlantic. I don't think that this article is via the Atlantic, but <clears throat> again, Mike Pappas is talking about how he used to work at a New York office who apologized to its staff. It's a progressive workplace. BLM plastered all over the world walls. It's really tight, you know, lit libs boast yeah. about nonprofits, but it functions just like a for-profit funnels patients in and out right and the clinic ceo recently issued a statement of apology during for, for the measures it took acknowledging mistakes and do things differently and we will do better as a leadership team so what, what what's he referencing so he mentioned them in the email but i roll Right, furloughs and a lack of wage increases and the uneven distribution of remote work opportunities, which some staff argue appear to be along the lines of race and class. Hmm. And the implementation, like we talked about, of a point system, okay, turning patient care into points as in a video game. Gamification of work. Yeah, it's the worst. Right, where they got more points yes. based on how many patients they saw. So they literally turned these guys into like factories. Yep. And with with with, with you, you, if you have shitty points, then you know you're you're looked down upon. It's like it's literally just ways to judge and discriminate other people's work, right. pretty much. You know. So the CEO so for healthcare workers, it, it's unbelievable that he's noticed an increase in distrust. What a shock. Okay, but mm -hmm. not to worry, like all CEOs, this one tried to smooth things over and say that the Institute reinforcing how they've tried to make amends by convening more labor management meetings and opening a process to involve voices from across the organization. But it's actually not, yeah, posturing. It's, it's exactly, it's platitudes. No such thing as democracy yep. in a system of private, largely for-profit health care. There is no such thing as democracy and even nonprofits run by CEOs like any other corporation. Right, so, and they point out 
and they asked some questions. Have there been any fundamental changes to the institutional structure? No. Are there any material changes, improvements in staffing? Not that we've heard. Do frontline workers have actual control over how the organizations run? Of course not. And did they even receive the hazard pay that they demanded? No. There you no. go. Instead, what do they get? Platitudes. Is this run by the Democratic Party? Sounds like it. Probably. It will come through participating in various committees, control. right? To voice their cons opening up more committees for spaces to and spaces. Mm -hmm. Gives the perception that management wants to change but allows it to control, monitor, and neuter any workplace activism. It become, it really comes down to what one high-ranking member, staff member of the same institution allegedly told a colleague of mine, my role here is to make people feel heard and then make sure that nothing actually changes. Wow. Devastating. Damn. That quote, that ideology is the ideology of corporate managers in the age of COVID. Well, I think some, but it's not it's not necessarily that nothing actually changes. It's that nothing actually changes that isn't already in the plans or that management isn't on board with as well. Because there are sometimes right. good ideas that come from the rank and file employees and changes that are easy to implement, money saving stuff. Popo, I see Popo hanging back there, so I'm turning his head. Um, yep. All right. As Ed Young highlights in his piece in the Atlantic about one in five healthcare workers have left their jobs since the pandemic started. Again, talking about a drain. Whisper. And emails uh -huh. like this are are why are coming up are coming when they're when they're quitting. But why are they quitting? It's not because they're not getting emails from the boss that are saying we're going to listen to you. It's because they're not actually listening to them. Mm -hmm. And it's not just healthcare, but in this case, they're talking about healthcare. But I think that's happening quite a bit across corporate America, which is why, part, partially, why you see a great resignation happening. Um, yep. And there's and there's opportunity out there. There's tons of people hiring. People realized after two years being locked locked away at home, I don't have to do this. There's <clears throat> plenty of other things I can do. There's other things I want to do. And I, I had a coworker leave to join the military as a chaplain, of all things. Weird, you know, like, okay, like, but that, he went to seminary school. And so that's, people just right. realized that they had epiphanies in life and this two years and, Showing us, you know, the, the politicians showing us who they are and how we really are on our own and how we have to seize every day and try to do everything we can to make it in, in this time and working for a crappy boss for crappy pay. If you have any options whatsoever, you're going to you're going to execute that option. You're going to you're going to bail. Um, again, yep. this was a uh, Mike Pappas. He's an activist and a doctor working in New York City. So, awesome yep. piece, I have to say. Bosses are not on your team. 
I think that that might be the theme of this show. And maybe we should change it from how do we miss that to bosses are not on your team. I mean, fuck bosses. I mean, we could we could we could ask like instead of like, you know, it's just who's the boss. That 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 would probably can we can we? Work. Add, I don't think anyone's done that. Before. Can we add bosses to all gens? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, sorry to anybody well, named Jen. Dan sorry to any fans of the show named Jen. Not that Jen. Who was who was the boss? Who was the boss? Was it Tony Danza? Uh, I don't think that he was ever the boss. No, he was definitely not the boss. It was it was Angela who was the boss. But yes, he was on the show. Who was the boss? <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Oh, Democratize the enterprise, as our friend Prof Wolf likes to say. I love uh, how you I'm... never put that together the other day, and you you just fucking died. What? Hold me closer, Tony Danza. You know the whole. Oh my God! Tony yeah. Yeah, that, was, that, that broke me for about thirty seconds, and then <laughs> I got back to real life. You're still laughing about yep. it. Yeah. All right. So doobly do. Yeah. And here we go. Final labor segment. Starbucks. <laughs> Man. Yeah, they Where fired did this them. happen? And I, I think I've seen it covered a couple of places, but. Any any chance to get Sharon Zhang in there? I I I welcome. She's awesome. Right. Memphis, Tennessee. During Black History Month in the city that executed Martin Luther King, now firing workers, they claim for violating several safety and safe and security policies. Now, what I have seen, and I don't know if it's in this article, is they have talked a lot about overmanaging and moving in more managers than people. Here we go. I was fired by Starbucks today for policies that I'd never heard of before, and I've never been written up about for. Like what? Right. How, how is that? This is a clear attempt by Starbucks to retaliate against those uh, who are leading the union effort at our store and to scare other partners. Mm. And this is blatant intimidation tactics. So, it was kind of like the when McDonald's fired the ones that were trying to unionize the the butchers. They yep. just like killed the whole butchery program. They just like killed that shit. Yep. You know. Yep. So, so they're using policies that have never been enforced, such as going behind a counter when partner is not officially working to fire workers. Okay. Mm-hmm. They they chose to selectively enforce policies, and then the workers that were fried made up that were fired made up about 35% of the workers in the store. And that's, so there were seven work, seven pro union workers fired today, according to more, to more perfect union. My name is Amy Holden and I am the former store manager of the Starbucks Poplar and Highland location where many union partners were terminated today. I was with the company for nine and a half years, so I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of what Starbucks policies and procedures are. We have a process at Starbucks when it comes to corrective actions and terminating partners. 
We do not move straight to termination for anything that is not considered egregious, like stealing and harassment and those kinds of things. Those things we would move towards corrective action to as long as partner resources supported it. The majority of a violation, a policy violation, would move to some level of corrective action where we would assume positive intent and help that partner correct their action rather than moving straight to termination. It's very rare that we move straight to termination for some sort of policy violation. I mean, this just goes on, and again, put the link to this article in the chat so that you guys can can watch the, the whole video. But I heard none of that. I know. This is definitely union busting okay. is basically what she's saying, but there's policies and procedures and that they normally would not take all these different measures. Uh, they, they normally would go through a, bu a bunch of different steps before termination and that they skipped all these steps. Okay. Um, and that's what that says right here. They may be in legal trouble. Company has hired at least 30 lawyers from notorious union busting Littler Mendelssohn in order to disrupt the union campaign. Companies will often spend tens of thousands, if not millions, to disrupt union drives. 68 stores have already filed to unionize, with more coming in every week. Right. Sharon Jane. I think your input in it, not Cable B as well. I. Because I. It no, I had desktop audio that... share turned off, but I had it turned off for desktop live. So that's, I think, why I fixed it. Okay. So I don't well, want to play well, any more stuff for you anyway. So um, wanted to, again, Starbucks. What are you doing? What are you firing these people for? What? They're trying to unionize. Oh, yeah. Scumbags. Come on. I thought you were talking to me. No. <laughs> I'm yelling at Starbucks. I don't Starbucks. know. What am I doing? I'm yelling at Starbucks. I'd be, uh, I would too. Bug Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks. Um, so finally, we're done with our labor segment, and now we're going to get to something that I like to call, um, typical Dems. <laughs> typical Dems? Their new anti-progressive nice. pack is funded by corporate lobbyists and PACs. So the, the pack is funded by PACs. Well, of course it is. And that's our friend Josh Gottheimer, New Jersey congressman, and... Hopefully, one day he wants to succeed and uh, be Speaker of the House. This is by our friend David Moore over at Sludge Through Truth Out. Okay, they're also independent, ad-free investigative news site. Sludge is awesome, as mm -hmm. is Truth Out. So a pact formed last year by House Democrats to, to combat progressive primary challengers has so far relied almost exclusively on corporate PACs and lobbyists for its funding, according to a review of the group's latest FEC disclosure report. I don't think that comes as a surprise to too many, right? So again, you've got Hakeem Jeffries, Josh Gottheimer, Terry Sewell, and I guess that's just the three of them, right? And then all their credentials and what they serve on. So you've got member of the CBC, vice, former vice chair of the New Democrat, co-chair the problem solvers, quote unquote, which means that they don't solve problems, they only cause problems. Okay, this is actually more than a DemCorp, uh, Ed. This is actually a corporate DemCorp, effectively a, a um, right-wing Dem pack that specifically donates even more money than the regular Democratic Party to defeat 
uh, progressive candidates and to support more corporate and corporate friendly candidates. I mean, it's absolutely gross. Um, this is this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, again, you've got spent money backing Danny Davis, who's being challenged by Keena Collins, who's a Justice Dem. Okay, again, and I'm, I'm not a big fan of electoral politics, but what I do like to do is follow the money. So again, Amy Villela, who I remember from Knock Down the House and from 2018, and it's a tragic story where her daughter actually died. I think it was because she couldn't afford an ambulance and it and yep. Medicare for All would absolutely have saved her daughter's life. And she has been a Medicare for All champion and she ran for office in 2018. I don't believe she reran in 2020. I believe she was just an advocate and she was supportive of Bernie in the primary campaign in 2020, but she is running again in 2022. Um, again, anybody who's in there that actually would fight for Medicare for all and as somebody who takes it as personally and goes and visits her daughter's grave, I think that that would be a little bit a little bit more of a motivating factor than anybody else, but you know, and again, I'm just glad to see that somebody who's that that fierce an advocate is out there um, running. I wish she wasn't as a Democrat, but that's another story for another day. But here's where right. that over half the hundred fifty-two thousand dollars it raised in the second half of last year came in in largely donations of the maximum five thousand from. Next Energy and Comcast and all the big corporations that want to buy favor with these um, influential representatives that are part of this pack. And they want to be able to control the money. They want to wield that power and influence that is worth as much to them as the money going into their own coffers themselves, of which they also have quite a bit quite a substantial amount of donations so this is just another way for these donate for these corporations again next energy era next era energy i will guarantee if you look up the filings for these three gentlemen mm -hmm. that you will find that they have donated to their campaigns and to their packs and to their bundlers and to their handlers and their employees have donated and their executives have donated and lo and behold they get legislation passed in their favor. Hmm. Wonder how that happens. Yeah. So here are some of the individual donors who actually work at DC lobbying firms. Okay, that might be kind of a problem. Right? And then yep. it digs even deeper into out of 45 donations from individuals that Team Blue Pack received, only a handful came from people not currently employed by a company or group that hires lobbyists to advocate for its businesses for its business interests on the Hill. It's just another fun, it's just another money laundering front effectively to buy ad time. So this is going to media companies, this yep. is going to all their friends and buddies. And then of course the consultants get 15%, maybe 10%. Yep. Almost like packs are bad. It's exhausting. Wow. Almost. A Medicare for all pack would really be not a good idea. Yeah, just, yeah, oh, that would be bad. That that's not a good idea. Not supportive of a Medicare for yeah. all pack, especially a super pack.
Yep. So, again, yep. we are currently sitting at over 100 co-sponsors for a Medicare for All bill that, of course, will never make it to the floor thanks to Nancy and our friends that refuse to not vote for her for Speaker, which apparently these morons are going to do again if she wins. I can't imagine that they're going to win. I can't imagine that, the de that with a razor-thin margin and as badly as they butchered the last two years that they're going to be given another shot. Who knows? But we'll see. Now, Team Blue Pack also reported donating $5,000 to fifth-term representative Diana Titus of Nevada, who's facing a challenge mm. from Amy Valella. Right? And here you go. Hey, how about that? I had not read this, but look, I guess I did kind of provide a little bit of background here. Ran in 2018, Nevada's first, finished in third, right? Supported in that race by Justice Democrats, although she's not currently endorsed by them. Right. right. Well, his campaign centers around support for single payer health care and was endorsed by Cori Bush last year. But we'll see if she gives it this year mm -hmm. against an incumbent. Now that she's a member of the House, I don't know if that's if Nancy is going to take too kindly to that. But nope, they were knocked down the House together. So if she did not support her, it would kind of be bad. Weird. It would almost be like turning up the music on somebody in chat. Yep. Hey, Colin! Hey, there's Colin in chat. How about that? Oh, wait. Corey Bush oh. did turn up the music on you. Hey, how about that? Um. Anyway, yep. Team Blue's uh, website did not feature a list of the candidates that it's endorsed. What a surprise! Dark money! And then Representative Jeffrey's DC uh -huh. office did not question did not answer a question about how it views the perception that its donors are seeking political special favors or which other incumbents it will support. I mean, this just has, again, dirty, funneling, money laundering, corruption, buying favor, influence. Hey, this is how Washington works. That's what I have written all over. Oh, look at that. There's there's a dude night. What's up, fam? Yeah. I'll throw that up on mine here. That was on my chat. And you can yeah, say, you just hey, have to, like, that's, a, where, that's where I look at chat. There's our friend, the handsome. You can Colin. also deselect what? FYI on Twidget. We need to what? You can deselect on Twidget. Yes, I know that. Okay. All right. Bye, Colin. Bye, Colin. Bye, Colin. <laughs> uh, bye, Colin. Love you, bud. <laughs> So uh, we need to separate electoral politics from the duopoly. Um, yes, we do. I would absolutely love to do that. Um, we also yep. need to... In the duopoly? That we need to end the duopoly well. entirely and create a whole new structure, but that's another story for another day. So let's go back to the doodly-doo. Mm -hmm. So we do have a few more stories here. And again, this is our story about typical Dems. And I love this this headline out of in these times, how targeting programs to poor people leaves out poor people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Seems like it might be kind of important. So now they want to means test the think. child tax credit, right? So in practice, that often means restricting benefits for the very few people who need it the most because they have to file paperwork. Okay, so... 
one of the most effective anti-poverty programs in modern history. Again, don't, don't always agree 100% with every word in every article. Okay, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think that there was a lot um, of hype and a lot of, right? But they're talking about the history of the child tax credit, not just what was expanded this year. But this year, okay, it lifted over 4 million children above the poverty line, above the poverty line and then dropped them right back below it. <laughs> yep. All right, so what they did was they are trying to, and it's apparently gaining traction, is to only make it available to families earning under $75,000 per year. Families, not individuals, but families. Yeah. Crazy. All right, but if your priority is to lift children out of poverty, this may seem like a reasonable change. Poor families remain eligible for the credit, right? So, okay, that's cool. But while targeting programs seems like an efficient way to allocate resources, they often struggle with lower take-up rates than those that are universal. Now, like, for example, I think even the COVID tests that have been allocated for the government or the amount of housing money that was available i think at one point there was 90 percent of the money that was allocated to provide for housing stipends was never actually claimed or was never filed nobody actually filed for the paperwork to to grab it i mean oh here you go the temp here you go uh temporary need assistance for needy families main wealth cash welfare program had only a record uh, rate of 24.9% in 2016. Right. Right. 56% at the high and as low as 3% for the intended populations for highly targeted programs. In contrast, more universal programs had a far higher take-up rate, exceeding 90% in most in some cases. Mm. Okay. Universal ten programs tend to be better known than targeted ones. Better than targeted ones. Right. Yep. When everyone's eligible, it's more likely to come up in conversations, covered in media reporting. This is like the ARP, right? That they talked about the ARP. Right. And then comparing the news coverage of these three programs in 2021 using Google Trends, stimulus checks had three times the coverage of rental assistance, and EBB wasn't even mentioned enough to be measured. Emergency broadband benefit. Yep. Yep. If programs are being discussed or covered by the media, people. people often won't hear about them or know to apply. And as of October, only one in five eligible Americans had even Americans. in emergency broadband benefit. I didn't even know that it existed. Yep. Public receivers benefits program may vary significantly. Being all the program is more universal, more tighter to low-income people. Yep. So, 2021 study by researchers, people at risk of eviction were significantly more likely to apply for emergency rental assistance that they first received a destigmatizing message about the program. Yep. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's just classic shit, pretty much. Like, don't cover the thing that, like, 
people need to need you to cover cover everything else right don't do it in a way that it will get coverage like uh, um, I mean, then even even that is like putting them back into, yeah, it's here. Even when the universally nearly universal credit, yeah, but it's it's only nearly universal, mm -hmm. right? Okay. While lowering it, a child tax right. credit Whatever only targets people who have children. I mean, it's 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 great, but it's still a huge gap right. because. There's a ton like, of Americans that don't. So nearly universal sounds like right. What nearly only universal to who? To parents, yeah, but not right to every American. Mm -hmm. So right, lack of awareness was an obstacle to getting low-income families to enroll. Political negotiations. Political negotiations are challenging, and if it comes down to a question of lowering the income cap or expanding the expanded CTC for good, which would plunge 4 million kids back into poverty, the choice is obvious. If we, we want to help as many struggling families as possible, we should fight not just to renew it, but to make it a more universal program, which it should be. Uh, but there should be yep. more help for other for other categories of Americans as well as parents of children. I think that that would you be... easily share the wealth in this country. That would be... That would be nice. Fair. Yes. I, I, I don't see why we can't do that. Um, okay. So, again, this was uh, Jim Pugh, who I'm not familiar with for in these times, but good good stuff. Um, wish it hadn't been that way, Ooh. but of course, uh, okay. Now we're going to cover, and I have not covered one of her articles in a few weeks. There we go. Caitlin Johnstone. Mm. Again. Everybody go check this out and listen to her husband do the reading of this. It's just, it's priceless. Yep. All right. Um, How does this guy sound like half of his health points have been sucked into the shadow realm? Who are you talking um, about? This, the person in the picture. Oh, that's Ned Price. Yeah. N-E-D, yeah. like National Endowment for Democracy. No, Ned Price, he's a State State Department spokesman. And state and again, this was written on February sixth, and this happened the day after Ned Price was challenged by the AP reporter about Ukraine, and where he said basically we have the evidence, but I can't. I just released the report. I just told you that it was declassified. That that's our evidence. What what? It's six right. minutes long. I again, absolutely encourage. I should play a little bit of it. Sure. Nigeria is planning a false flag in Switzerland. Notes from the edge of the narrative matrix. I'm declassifying evidence that Nigeria is planning a false flag operation in Switzerland. Are you ready? Here it is. Nigeria is planning a false flag operation in Switzerland. <laughs> See, 
The evidence is me asserting it. If you doubt this evidence, then you're a propagandist for Nigeria. What? You want proof? I just gave you the proof. I gave you my declassified intelligence assessment. I mean, obviously, I can't give you the raw intelligence you're asking me for without revealing sources and methods and compromising intelligence officers in the field. Is that what you want? For me to compromise intelligence officers in the field? Do you work for Nigerian intelligence? <laughs> the evidence is secret. It's secret Even evidence. I can't hear this. What I can give you is the information we've obtained this? through thorough intelligence gathering no. methods like in which our intelligence agencies earlier. have like a degree of confidence. You're free to doubt it and believe Nigerian right. propaganda instead. Right. In Discord. Making your whole thing about opposing a rival political yeah, party is what oh, people whatever. do when they... I'm just going to pause it anyway. Um, yeah, making your uh -huh. whole thing about opposing a rival political party is what people do when they lack the integrity to oppose the murderous empire that's fully backed by both parties. Yeah, I don't know why you can't hear that. 100%. Okay. All right. Um, again, whenever your anger is focused on any figure besides the Western Empire and its facilitators, the propagandists have succeeded in doing their job. Yeah. Successful... What's the picture? I think it's like a, a yeah, 13 people, including six children. Successful read. Gross. Okay. And again, these are her random thoughts. I'm a tanky, but only because that now, now means anyone who focuses their criticisms on the most murderous power structure on Earth. Anyone, yep. who, thinks who, anyone who thinks it's a good idea to fight the Russians... Hasn't watched enough MMA. I think I retweeted this, MMA. and I know I sent this to you as an MMA fan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Just don't. You, if you want to invade Russia, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to call the Dagestani's first. You know. That's, that's you need gonna permission because they will whip your ass. Get their approval. One. Yeah. Right. They're gonna own you. Yeah. Number one. Like. Number two again. Just, like yeah. Just don't go near those mountains. I just Stay love the fact them. that she's watched enough MMA to know that you don't mess with Russians. Yeah, you don't mess with Russians. Don't do that. Hockey, you can watch any sport pretty much. Don't mess with them. So again, someone you who know? wants to make peace with Russia in order to focus on ramping up aggressions against China is as worthless to anti-imperialists as someone who wants to legalize drugs so law enforcement can focus on locking up gay people would be to several libertarians. Being dovish on yeah. Russia, but hawkish on China is not better than being hawkish on both. You're pushing the same amount of aggression toward what is ultimately the same imperialist agenda. You're just doing it a little differently. Again, Tim's so good at reading this stuff. Um, again, it. Mm -hmm. let me. she closed it out with, it's nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. Your psychological landscape doesn't match your ideals. That's pretty normal. It's just a matter of patiently doing the inner work necessary for your mind to match your ideals, your speech to match your mind, and your actions to match your speech. Om. Yep. Om. She's like a yogi, I swear to God. She's amazing. Oh, we got a Mona, a Mona sighting. Mona right. Carmona. Amazing. She's one of the... The, the OG friends of Indie Left from before we were even Indie Left. And thank you. We love you, Mona, mm -hmm. for, for being here. 
Good to see you. Say hi. Hi, Mona. Mona, this is Reef. Reef, this is Mona. Hi, Mona. I think we met once or twice. So, yeah, this a few is... Of these, shows. these are my love birds, Mona. Check this out. I changed it the other day. Uh, okay, so we got through Caitlin Johnstone's narrative management. Now, let's get to Popular Resistance also pulled a narrative management piece that I found really strong. Here we go. Russia, Ukraine, and the U.S., the background, they're not telling you. And again, this is again about Victoria Newland and about arming the, the neo-Nazis and about how we're sending all of our troops, you know, the 100,000 troops on the border. Will Russia invade Ukraine? And if it does, how will the U.S. and NATO react? Already the U.S. and its allies are threatening new sanctions. Again, nobody's talking about Germany in any of this. Although, apparently, Joe was sitting at a table with the Prime Minister of Germany he basically said Germany's going to do whatever they whatever we tell them, and that may or may not yeah. be true. But I just find it fascinating that we have not really heard from Zelensky very much, and we have not heard from Germany at all in any of this. Um, yeah, again, I mean, we've heard I mean, we've heard Russia, Putin, and the Ukrainian guy talk about it, right? Well, um, yes, again. And we heard the Ukrainian guy talk about it once, you know, and basically he said, look, we worked out a deal with the Russians. They're, they're, we're not worried about them invading. Like, Yeah. And Biden's essentially go, no, uh -uh, they're going to do it. Like, you know. Yeah, I swear. I swear. Everybody else is like, um, yeah, no, I, nobody's saying that they're going to. Well, yeah, but, but we see that they're, they're troops. Get but wait, you've got troops position all along their borders and they're right. moving troops within their borders which borders. is well within their rights to do so again this is about victor yanukovych and how yanukovych favored russia and at the time we effectively turned yanukovych but that what began as peaceful, even celebratory gatherings were quickly taken over by right-wing paramilitary organizations modeled after World War II-era Ukrainian militias allied with the Nazi occupiers. So violence followed right. and Yanukovych fled the country. He was replaced by acting president Alexander Turchinov and then pro-US, pro-EU, pro-NATO Poroshenko. So... This is just some of the background and history. So again, here we go. This entered Victoria Newland, who personally cheered on these Maidan protests, protesters in Independence Square, later bragged about the role that the U.S. had played in laying the groundwork for 2014, destabilization, and who's Victoria Newland? I believe, again, Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs now, but she worked in Dick Cheney's office, she worked at, I think it was the N NED, if I remember correctly. Max Blumenthal has done a tremendous exposure on exactly what Victoria Newland has been up to. <clears throat> Translation, the U.S. spent $5 billion 
intervening in the internal affairs of Ukraine to help steer it away from Russia and toward an alliance with the West, an alliance that would financially benefit the West while further isolating Russia. Open Society Foundation played a major role. Hmm. And again, what they were trying to do is liberate, and they're, they're neoliberals, so they're trying to get people away from communism and from right. the corrupt yeah, Russia in their minds, aftermath of the coup, right, which was only an independent country since 1991, which was when the Soviet Union broke up. Today, 17% of Ukraine's Russia, population Russia. is made up of ethnic Russians. Yeah. And many more speak Russian as their primary language. And as they tend to identify with the Soviet victory over the Nazi occupation of Ukraine. Yeah. However, there is a lot of, it went quickly about banning symbols of the Soviet era. Right? And here's, yeah, that the, the first acts of the new coup government was to declare that the only official language would be Ukrainian. It went about banning symbols of the Soviet era and replaced them with memorials to Nazi collaborators. These are the people that yep. I believe Joe Biden is giving money to. Money to. Yep. <laughs> Again, great deep dive into the history of what happened here. Odessa, <laughs> amazingly enough, I've actually visited Odessa when I was 17 years old. I got to go mm. to a resort on there with a, with a school trip. Um, 42 activists promoting this view were massacred at the House of Trade Unions back in 2014. Oof. Wow. Um, what does Russia want? And this is a good question. Since the collapse of the Soviet Union, they want NATO basically to disband. I think that's part of it. Okay, what they want, I know, is that they don't want NATO to expand further east and to honor the agreement of stopping at Germany's border. Um, right. And again, this, this goes and it looks back into the history. U.S. officials now deny that uh, that this is from the L.A. Times as of May 30th. Okay, uh, here we go. This is where they, with the with the assurances that they would not move eastward, and they now and we are now denying that. But yep, with uh, we have it. We it, it's yes. That, that's gaslighting. So today, NATO has expanded to 30 member countries with 14 either former members of the Soviet bloc or part of the former Soviet, so the socialist state of Yugoslavia. Right? Talking about nuclear arsenals. Nuclear weapons, yep. Today, Russia is faced with a massive military and political alliance that includes Estonia and Latvia, two of the six countries on its western and southern borders. And there's like a, a needle to be threaded, if I remember correctly, that like there's Russian territory that goes kind of around um, Ukraine. Right. If you look at it on the map. 
here. As for Russian invasion, some key figures are expressing doubt. This is from the Associated Press. Okay. Uh, Ukrainian National Security Defense Council Secretary noted uh, the wave of Russian troops amassed at U Ukrainian's border is not news. We do not see any rounds for statements about a full-scale offensive on our, in our country. I would think that, that he would have a better idea than Ned Price. Maybe not. Head of the German Navy I mean, had resigned over controversial I, comments he made over Ukraine. He said that Russia was, said so. was nonsense. Yep. He added that all Putin wanted was respect, and that he resigned with further with immediate effect to avert further damage. Right. So what does Washington want? Yep. This is this is really again. Editor of the Virginia Defender, which I actually started following. All right, and right. coordinator of the Odessa Solidarity Campaign. So again, he's not—he's got a a stake in this because he does. He he organized a delegation of peace act activists that traveled to Odessa to stand in solidarity with the people of that city on the second anniversary of that massacre. Thank you, Phil. This is good piece, good stuff. Um, again, looking for context and looking for background and looking for the other side that's not being presented by corporate media and by everybody else around us that's not in our immediate political circle. Just about everybody we know is being fed Russia good, uh, Russia bad, Ukraine good, Ukraine needs to join NATO, not being given any of the context. New Ukraine wants to join NATO. Um, which we're not, but that hasn't even been confirmed. Nobody's actually come out and said that as far as I know. Um, and then again, there's the, uh, there's the agreement about moving east of Germany and the fact that we've already convinced other nations and Russia's finally saying enough, like guys, right? Like, I mean, and on top of it with, without the Warsaw Pact, even in existence, what is the need for NATO to begin with? I mean, that's it was partly to, to counter the Warsaw Pact. So I'm not saying to necessarily get rid of NATO other than the fact that they do have a standing army. Um, okay. So next I have got... Oh, you're going to love this. Mm. We're up to your favorite part. We're yeah. going to go to Rooftop Solar. There were two articles about Rooftop Solar yep. this week. We covered one last week. Um, this one's pretty amazing. Analysis shows Rooftop Solar could have saved lives during the Texas deep freeze. Yep. Like, the sun was shining over our heads. Of course it was. Right. It's clean, more affordable, and primed to help move a more resilient electrical grid. I was actually talking to, to somebody today, tonight, earlier at a party for a football game that I don't want to mention the name of because I don't want to get DMCA'd or copyright infringement or somebody from the NFL yelling at me. But um, why has there not been a national effort to put solar panels on the roof of every house in America and every building? Do you think we can make um, enough energy? Because Yes, we definitely could. 
Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that that is a fantastic effort and I don't really see too many people other than people who work for other type of energy companies that would uh, disagree with it. Um, yeah. Most people just don't want to, or don't understand what it takes to get into migrating to solar or to adding solar to your mix. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people think that it's exp wildly expensive, and I think there are government um, subsidies that can. Um, it's much better than it. That can help sure. help with the cost. Plus, I know the cost of solar have come down tremendously. Uh, as well, I know that yeah. Tesla has that power wall, which is pretty cool. That the way they store it. But <clears throat> so, what this new paper for environment economic from environment economic uh, environment America. Research and Policy Center. Okay. And who are these people? I'm sure it would find out if you looked at the, at the paper. Yeah. Okay. The impacts of these power losses were nothing short of catastrophic. Damages totaling up as much as $195 billion. Solar facilities and nuclear power stations all contributed to reduce power generation during the freeze. Gas-fire gas generating units made up 55% of all unplanned outages and derates by the capacity. So they just, they ran out of, you know, they didn't have enough gas to deliver. And then the pipes froze. So the yep. research group show, uh, used the Texas crisis, the case study to illustrate how small-scale distributed solar could not only provide electricity, but also relieve strain on the power grid during times of stress. Solar power has grown 123 fold in Texas over the last decade, which is great. But again, this is oil, Texas. <laughs> um, yep. Texas, Texas's technical potential for rooftop solar alone is 97,800 megawatts, which is more than 15 times the total installed capacity at the time of the 2021 crisis. So, they have yeah. capacity to grow and to handle much more of the demand and local distribution. You know, we have this inexhaustible source above us that could have kept the heat on and we're barely using it. That just doesn't make sense. When the storm hit, yep. a total of 6,349 megawatts was installed on. Texas rooftops in utility scale install installations, at least where they can measure. Um, and they entered this year with significantly greater solar capacity to meet this winter. But what does that mean? So maybe there'll be 7,000 out of a potential 97,000. So you're right. talking like 8% of the capacity right now yeah or there were last year right um meanwhile you know ERCOT was that agency that rick perry famously you know uh, was in charge of and then he fired some of the people and they, they they were blamed heavily for what happened last year and as it turns out they of course were bidding stuff out to private companies and there was a whole yep. mess mess behind them um, the amount of small-scale solar was 31% higher at the end of 2021 than it was in the first quarter. So they are working to get more solar in there. I think that there's 
it's a time crunch and part of it. And there's only so much you can get out there. But here you go. Um, now, if your roof is covered in snow, I don't think no. your solar panel is going to work very well. Yeah. I mean, it 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 do better than you because it, they're already at a pitch, right? So, well, like, number one, number two, you should have capacitors that have stored up energy, stored and stored stuff over days, right? You can, always, you know, rooftop solar already has like heating stuff too that'll, you know, uh, that'll do that. You know, they, have you ever heard of the solar roadway thing? Yes. That was, that oh was my god, that's so so brilliant. I know. Uh, I think it was Sweden. They talked about that, of course. Uh, Volvo and the people up there. Well, um, I think I think there was somebody that was going to try to do it in in Canada that that it didn't work out and whatever. But the, their their idea I think is is you know you 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 already have a concave road surface right, you know you you heat the top edge, mm. you know and uh snow should melt off of it, right? Here's, here's so, the report itself again, which you can download the PDF right from this website from the Common Dreams site I linked and again it's it's a uh, a 15 page PDF that I'm sure will have many more insights than what was published yeah. in that article what the coverage is and you can see what the total potential is and exactly how much was there last February I mean it's 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 shameful and and this is something we could yeah. be doing again Joe is all about at clean energy and transforming our grid. I mean, he wants to go to, um, he wants to switch to electric cars and switch the entire fleet. Where's the electricity coming? The 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 increased electricity coming from to power all of that? Um, right. So here's their yeah. appendix. Here's their conclusions. The the power crisis offered a remainder of the fragility of the energy systems that most Americans depend on during extreme weather events, the network of power plants, transmission lines, and fuel pipelines that power our lives can fail, and the consequences can be dire. Fortunately, we have the tools to greatly reduce these risks and build a truly resilient energy system. Rooftop solar is definitely one of these tools. Taking advantage of one of the nation's vast rooftop, taking advantage of the nation's vast rooftop solar potential would not only help build a more reliable grid, but also reduce the other environmental and public health impacts of our current energy system. Of course, it's a key building block of a greener, cleaner, more resilient energy future in Texas and across the U.S. Now, you sent me an article this week, and I did want to include that as yeah. well. That came from PV Magazine, which I'm guessing is local yeah. to you somewhere in Florida. Yeah, I, it's a local, yeah, there's like... I found it on Reddit, so who knows where it came from, but, you know, it's it's definitely the, the Florida part was what I, I cared about, right? So Florida there's man. the you know, Right, so, so there's a, you know, a net metering bill that's coming up that might mess with rooftop solar here. Right. So I'll let you, I'll let you take over a bit, but. Well. Um. Again, under this, it says right here, under the proposed re reduction to the compensation, 93% of surveyed solar shoppers say that they are no longer interested in buying. So they effectively ha are trying to kill 
public interest in in this program by killing the subsidy that would make it affordable to everyone to install when we need to be going in the exact opposite direction yeah and this is in florida where there's sunshine all day and when it's literally not literally the sunshine literally yes yeah so again um people would also commercial systems with less than two megawatts are eligible to sell their excess generation back right but the new bill calls yep. for a new structure which loosely defines that public utility customers owning or leasing renewable generation pay the full cost of electric service and are not subsidized by the public utilities general body of ratepayers so yep. now you can't sell your your excess energy back to the energy companies is, is effectively what they're saying you can give it to them but that they are not allowed to buy it right well part of the problem is that in florida you you have to um you have to be on grid right they won't let you off grid for the most part right um yep. so you so you have to like your house has to be linked to, you know, the grid power, which means that your solar is most likely going to be linked to that grid power. And if you're making any, right, like it's not a part of what happens here. Like, like I've got solar on the, on the roof here. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's not much, I, I forget what exact wattage it, it, it is, but you know, it, it essentially, it's not enough to like recoup the energy cost. Right. But it's enough to like, uh massively like 20 uh, percent off of that bill you know 30 right. or four like you know what i mean right so you know because we're giving them that energy back at some point when we're not using it right, right. so you know um but like that's that's pennies here and there but i mean that saves up over a month of energy and you end up with like three, four hundred dollars knocked off your, you know, bill. So it's essentially claiming that that's uh, you're probably already going to be charged for the power you're using, you know. So then it's not economical to even put solar on unless you can like uh, completely neutralize your your electrical bill, right? Right. You know. Exactly. So, I mean, you want to be able to go off grid effectively and and yeah. power your own your own house and then if you can sell some back but at least not have to pay a monthly energy bill for sure except for in a backup capacity um yeah again what this is saying is 74 percent of respondents will no longer consider going solar if the proposal passes it's effectively you know a program killer and I read somewhere somebody saying that it would that it could set solar back in Florida ten years. Um, yep. There was a rally planned for February eighth in the afternoon in Tallahassee at the governor's you know, at the state capitol. Um, yep. Again, ninety percent and ninety thousand of the eight and a half million electric consumers in Florida are topped with solar. Okay, and the utility argues that this is some one percent that this some one percent of Floridians are creating significant costs for the other ninety nine. What, what if they up that from one percent? 
Yeah. Or they, they increase that coverage. 40 of 43 states with net metering programs have a, have a, have a negligible cost at in, uh, cost increase attribute to solar attributable to solar. Okay. And the course picture cost picture remains this way until penetration reaches 10% of total generation. Well, again, that means that they've got to get more people. Again, why are we putting this on every roof in, in America right now? It, I, I, it's still, yeah. you know, on every roof that it makes sense and it has the coverage to do so, but to subsidize and, and to augment some of the costs on and, and some of the, the stress on the grid that exists right now and that we keep increasing as everybody adds more electronics and more things to their houses every day and to their businesses. So, um, there we go. That is our rooftop solar. Okay, so the last thing that I had for today, and we saw this in our, um, w w with some friends of ours, and I, I don't want to do that, and let's blow this up while we're doing that. And Reese going to take himself a little, a little, little hit. Um, apocalypse now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Johnny Vedmore. Uh, Whitney Webb, Unlimited Hangout. By all means, dead birds. Dead birds. Falling from the sky and raining down on cars. What the hell is going on? Okay, so a woman driving home was greeted with an eerie sight as she came across dead birds lying on a road in Pembrokeshire. Pembrokeshire looked like a massacre. Oh. One man added he, he heard a loud bang before seven or eight birds rained down in his car. Okay. Okay. Why had they died? Electrocution? Were they chased before hitting the road? Like, that's a lot of freaking birds. What? Yep. What well, is like there's this happened in a few places like like well, right I'm, like I'm, not just I, I, like... I got I, I I'm I'm getting there I'm getting to that which is that she didn't yeah. hang around what the hell happened have your say in the comments of course they want to know um it's like hundreds of birds in the sky and all of a sudden they just died and fell to the ground it was quite surreal last night to be honest with you. Not something I've ever experienced before. No, me neither. I would have to say, um, it, it, it. I would imagine that it would be traumatic to see hundreds of birds dead laying on the floor on the ground outside your house. Yes, uh, it even managed to scoop up one of the stunned birds and take it home, still alive. Wait, she thought the birds had died on impact and even managed to scoop one of the stunned birds up and take it home. She's planning to release it later today. So not all of them necessarily died. That, that doesn't look alive. Right. No. Okay, she strongly believed whatever the incident was man-made. Mm. And even more suspicious, again, no clear indication as to the cause of these deaths. Over 200 starlings found dead on the road. 
Wow. So we just no. Ford found on road dead. Isn't that what what Ford stands for? Yeah, well, supposedly. And let's see it. And let's blow this up. Oh, gee, Jesus! Gonna... The whole murmur gets fucking fucked up, huh? This is in Mexico. And they don't know what's happening there. It's either, a minute huh? seven long. So it, oh, like this entire flock. Yeah. And then like some of them start to move and recover and wake up. But a lot of them don't. And nobody knows what the hell. Look at this. 23,000 likes. Dead birds falling from the sky in Wales. Then the solar have, you, have you heard the. There it is. The, like the matrix of uh, birds aren't real. Have you heard of this? No. There's a subreddit that is dedicated to, like, trying to tell the world that birds aren't real, that they're surveillance devices, pretty much. I mean, I, I think it's a joke subreddit. It's a joke subreddit, but it's a pretty fucking good oh. one. Speaking of devil. <clears throat> yeah, birds aren't real. Every Pigeons bird are liars. Every government surveillance drone. Holy boy. Oh yep. my god. Yeah. Really? Even ostriches, they're real. Yep. The Earth had a magnetic event due to solar winds. Magnetic is how birds do these big flying balls. It threw off their compass. Happened all over on February 10th. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Cool. That's probably good. Huh. Huh. Now, again, this had... Now, this this shows you Twitter. A million views, 7,000 retweets. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But meanwhile, when you go to load this, it shows you one thread and then more tweets. You have to click here to yeah. show more replies to see, like, the data, like, I'm already looking at this, right, thousands of replies. Right. Thank you, Twitter, for suppressing the fact that this was a huge, huge shared story. They're trying to suppress this. Why? Yeah. All right. Uh, do, do, who knows? That was my apocalypse now. I have no idea what the hell's going on with that, but that was crazy shit so uh right. those were all of the stories that i had and wow it was over two hours of stuff that i had alone yeah. um almost two and a half i told you i had a lot of stuff today uh-huh all right ready for some uh -huh. boats i watch youtube boats that smash into other boats There you go. If you like this podcast, please help our show grow by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. For more content, you can follow Independent Left News on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IND Left News and subscribe to our YouTube channel. To get news updates twice a day to your inbox, subscribe via email on the independentleft.news website. Join our Jetstream 24-7 News and Opinion Discord at independentleft.gg 
with more than 50 channels, each dedicated to a different outlet, journalist, YouTuber, or political comedian. Thanks, everyone. Remember to check out independentleft.news in your browser and subscribe to our podcast for news updates.